This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome back to Tort Talk. This is the podcast where we discuss current events about legal things, and every single week, we're so glad that you get to join us. Make sure, if you like the show, that you leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform of choice. My name is Paul Stadden. I'm the person who owns the studio and hopefully is asking the questions that you're interested in asking. The person who's really interesting to hear from, of course, is the main man himself, Terrence Gross of Gross & Schuster. So glad you're back in the studio today, Terrence. Glad to be here and glad to pick up another topic. And sometimes it's not always personal injury, folks. Right. And I don't think we'll be doing that today. I don't think so either, because last week we were talking about DeSantis versus Trump populist uh, people being frustrated with extremists. And it kind of gets into the question about the 2024 presidential election of who is it that people are going to want in office if the Republican nom goes to either DeSantis or Trump, they're going to square up against incumbent Joe Biden. And who are people going to want? Well, right now, I don't think anybody, unfortunately, running against Trump has a chance. I mean, with all these indictments, he, he's just bulletproof. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's the ultimate Teflon man. So mm-hmm. no matter how many times they indict him and how long they'll take, I don't know, and, and whatever. But the closest... Uh, person to Trump in all the polls and it's been consistent is DeSantis and he's 30 percent behind wow and then so I, I like Scott out of South Carolina and a nice uh black senator and then uh his his cohort uh ex-governor uh, uh Nikki Haley also out of South Carolina there's some good younger people out there but they're they're not getting any traction and right and meanwhile on the Democratic side I haven't heard of anybody that's really Put on the name of that now. I think um, maybe Robert Kennedy is, but I'm hmm. not sure if he's going as a Democrat or an Independent. I'm not sure what he's doing, but he is sort of campaigning. But I don't know what kind of traction he's got. The right last name, but other than right. that, so it looks like we're heading, unfortunately, to a showdown, a repeat. It's kind of like uh, yeah. when Muhammad Ali used to fight Joe Frazier. It seemed like every year they fight yeah. each other. So it looks like. Here we go again, but the, there's a real big difference this time. Whoever we elect, whoever that person is, will be 80 years or older in the White House. Wow. I, I'll tell you this. I'm 69, so I'm I'm not a young person, and I realize I haven't retired. I'm still a practicing lawyer, but I will not be practicing at 80 for reasons. I want to be at my best and do no harm to any of my clients we all, our mental acuity is going to subside with time, each and every one of us, some faster, some slower. But at the end of the day, I've seen it too many times. I wouldn't let an 80-something neurosurgeon operate on me or orthopedic mm-hmm. surgeon, They're, even if they were the best surgeon when they were 50 or 60. But at 80 years old, age catches up with everybody and the energy, the mental acuity, uh, the decision-making processes and all that. So uh, right now, outwardly, I mean, you could just YouTube it. I mean, I was just, before this program, I was looking at it. There's so many gaffes on YouTube uh, of Biden. And this, I'm not, it's not being anti-Democrat or anti-Biden. I'm not anti, right. but he, he certainly has a lot of gaffes and memory lapses and loses his train of thought right in the middle of a sentence, uh, which is very 
common of older people. Now, Trump hasn't exhibited that yet, but again, he's not getting any younger himself. And if he's elected, he will be in his 80s. I would like to have somebody younger. I mean, I, you know, my first election I can remember was John F. Kennedy. I think he was 43 years old. Right. And then uh, Barack Obama was a, a very young president. Uh, 45, I want to say. Something, and late 40s. Clinton at least. was 43 yeah. or 44. And, but just that, that the vigor, the energy yeah. uh, that they, 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 they had. So, um, you know, so... That's what's sad to me that, and it's a two-party system, so a third-party candidate's just not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And maybe there will be a day, maybe decades from now, some third party will gain traction. But but people like if you're a libertarian and you vote for the libertarian candidate, you're you're just siphoning off the votes towards I, I presume a Republican uh, and, and so forth, and, and the people that you know write in. Uh, you know, candidates and so forth. So I believe that, um, you know, I just like to see some new fresh faces on both sides and we have them, but yeah. they're not gaining traction. So it, 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 whatever this thing is with Donald Trump and I mean, it, it, all the indictments, all the gaffes, whatever, and maybe people are sympathizing with him. Maybe people are thinking that it's, it's all political, which it may be. I mean, if you look back with the Hillary Clinton thing with their her computers and apparently you know cleaning those uh, computers erasing them and got a not even a slap on the wrist really and so it seems like everything uh, that Trump has done is is subject to indictment so um, it makes you think that it's politically motivated and I think a lot of people are seeing that for what it is I wouldn't say Trump invokes anybody's sympathy. Uh, he's not that type of guy to, for, to no, you don't feel sympathy no. for Trump, but I think they could have empathy. They could have empathy that, you know what? He's not the best character. He, he's rough around the edges, but how come all these prosecutions are coming about everything they're throwing at him? And it just seems like with that, there seems to be a knee jerk reaction that people are gravitating toward him. It must be because he's very strong in the polls. And that's the thing I think about is not so much that people might have sympathy for him, but it's that people feel like uh, they're tying themselves along with his success. I don't want to say if you voted for him, um, but there are definitely people who voted for him who do have that strong tie with him, mostly because I think they felt like there was an attack on the Republican Party and then an attack on him, and then, by proxy, an attack on themselves and their own values. Um, So there's definitely that sympathy for maybe his position that people feel that they might want to support him. Mostly, I remember having discussions with people in the 2016 and 2020 elections of the, well, I just want to vote for him because Democrats don't like him. And I wouldn't want to. I would want to vote for him because I like it. You know, I want to vote for somebody I, I care about and I think will do really well. I don't just want to vote for them because the people I don't like don't like this person. Um, so I think there is definitely a big part of like the, the the tie of identity along with him. Do you think there's also a bit of just name recognition counts for a lot? Like even if you don't necessarily care for somebody, uh, and now Trump doesn't have the incumbent. Uh, position in his favor like biden does but there is kind of this he's somebody that we know he's a person that we recognize and therefore there's part of that 
almost as like a likability factor. Well, yeah, he was a TV reality star too, many right. things. So yeah, he, he certainly was known well before any elections. And really, if you go back to 2016, I thought he was a clown. Right. And he had the 16 people running Jeb Bush and all these mm-hmm. crews and, and, and all these people. And I didn't think he had a prayer, but he beat all of them and won and then won the presidency and and, and so forth. So he, he, he has that will. Uh, I, I don't like him as a person, truthfully. I, I, he's the antithesis of me. Um but I've been monogamous. I've been married 40 years and, and, and have never strayed from my wife. Mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. proud of that. And and he he couldn't say that uh, for, <laughs> for which wife. I don't know. But yeah. But any anyway, all the things he said, but, but there's something about him. So even when he got up in one of those debates and, and was talking about the Mexican judge, and it was it was a slur. I mean, it was mm-hmm. definitely some type of racial slur. But and people were in shock. That he in South Florida, he got the Cuban vote. The Cubans voted big time for Trump because they overlooked all those gaffes. Right. And what they were looking at is make America great again because right. they're proud. These people that have fought to become Americans, they've come from Cuba, they know what communism is. Bernie Sanders scared that crap out of them. And, and, and they looked at Trump and the you know, capitalism and business and, and, and whatever and love of the country. And, and a lot of people have, have grown into that. And we talked mm-hmm. on the earlier show about the Jason Aldean effect where he's been attacked by the left. And now he, he was already famous, but he, right. he's actually benefited greatly from it. So record sales are going to be off the charts. Uh, concert tickets, if they're scalping them, are going to be like whatever they're going to be. And uh, a lot of people have his back. So like that, I, I think for, there's some about Trump. He's just a Teflon man. It defies logic, really, to me, um, because he's not eloquent. He's, he's There's so many things he's not. But he is a proud American. And when you get down, he's very proud of America. Uh, and just like Jason Aldean's song, he, he would not support anybody burning the flag and spitting right. police officers' faces, all those values, those values that a lot of people really hold, and they're getting tired of the, the Portlands and, and the San Francisco's and these sanctuary cities, and they do want strong borders. So many Americans I talk to, they, they're all for immigration. Most of us are children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren of immigrants. We all, you know, we weren't Native Americans, so... Uh, we, I believe in immigration. Uh, we, my family came over in the 1890s from both sides and I'm, and they never went on welfare. They pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. So I guess people look at Donald Trump and, and he symbolizes that with America, the, the, the greatness that we were, the greatness that we could be. Um, and he, unemployment was very low when he was president and, and he did give some tax relief and, and so forth. And it wasn't just to the rich, but uh, he was very pro-Israel. So I could see why a lot of people voted for him, but he's got more warts than any bullfrog I've ever seen. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, you know, speaking of warts, um, thinking about the 2024 election and thinking about Joe Biden beyond just uh, the age issue, there's also the Hunter Biden issue. 
And I don't know if we have time to even begin that or if we'll have to save that for another episode. Next episode. Okay, we'll have to save that for the next episode. Well, Terrence, before we head out, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, 850-434-3333 or visit us on the web at grossandschuster.com. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of Tort Talk. New episodes are going to come out every single week. And of course, if you have a desire to hear a specific topic, maybe when you listen to it, you can leave a comment below and let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about. And don't forget to leave a like rating on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks again, Terrence. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.